This is Tara McNulty, Professor and Associate Dean for Internationalisation. Uh, this is John Green, Study Abroad and Internationalisation Officer. This is Dr. Ahmed Alabdin, Senior Lecturer in Marketing and Director of Studies, BA Marketing. Dr. Severina Cartwright, Lecturer in Marketing and uh, Academic Lead for Global Opportunities. This is Dr. Dan Anderson, Director of MBA programmes at the University of Liverpool Management School, and you are listening to the Academy's Developing Practice podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Academy's Developing Practice podcast. In this podcast, we chat with Terry, John, Ahmed, Severina and Dane about their team's recent Sir Alistair Pilkington Award for Teaching Excellence, awarded for their development of online student exchange opportunities through collaborative online international learning or COIL projects. We hope you enjoy. Terry, Ahmed, Severina, Dane and John, we're really pleased to be speaking with all of you today about your recent Sir Alistair Pilkington Award for Teaching Excellence, awarded for your development of online student exchange opportunities through collaborative online international learning. And that's a little bit of a mouthful, so I'm glad there's an acronym there. The acronym is COIL Projects. But before we get started, can you each tell us a little bit about your background and how you have arrived at the positions that you're in today, please? And uh, Terry, can I start with you? Sure. Um, yeah, I joined the management school and uh, the university in 2006 as professor of management and corporate governance, having been at um, Leeds and Warwick. Um, I very quickly became the school's director of research between 2006 and 2014. The school was in an early phase of its development. In fact, it was that was part of the attraction. It was in some ways a, a formative startup phase. Um, and then in 2016, when the school was much more mature, um, I became the Associate Dean International. And in that role, I'm responsible for the international strategy. Um, uh, which includes international partnerships for student exchange and mobility. Um, and in that sense, I'm very pleased to be able to talk about COILS and have been involved in COILS um, in the context of that international strategy and the overall vision for the school to be globally connected and um, advancing in influential knowledge leadership through research and teaching to better business and society. So. Since 2006, it's been a, a um, quite a long journey, uh, but a very interesting one through the growth phases of the school. Brilliant. So it, it wasn't the um, it wasn't the city that drew you in. It was the opportunity to almost form something from scratch for yourself. Was that is that right? City is very important to me. I, right. I, I was born born in the city, and uh, it's, it is very very important. But it wasn't the driving decision on on the uh, for joining the university um it, it was it was an aspect um yeah. and i did spot that in 2006 the the context of liverpool was was um uh, much more optimistic and changing for the better and in fact i i i brought um the first ever management conference to the city um in 2009 it was the the european academy of management conference and we attracted nearly a thousand delegates and held it in the conference um, in the arena. So that was um, that was an important development for the school. Um, so the city the city is very important in in my background in the school. But um, it was it was really the school's position and in, in its life cycle. And having been at Leeds and Warwick, I had a good sense of what um, established schools looked like and how they worked and I wanted to bring some of that to the University of Liverpool. Yeah brilliant I mean yeah I can I can well imagine you must have seen a lot of change in the city over the last 16 years. Uh, Ahmed I'm going to come to you next what about your background? Thanks Matt so I started at the University of Liverpool Management School in August 2015 it was um, and I've been involved in lots of exciting projects um, around consumption practices, in conflict zones, looking at how individuals acculturate from one culture to another, 
Um, I was involved in an impact case, looking at improving service experiences and end-of-life care. So lots of exciting projects that have been going on. Um, from around 2018, I became the Director of Studies for BA Marketing. Um, and really my key interest, um, one of my core reasons for taking part in the COIL is my fascin fascination really with internationalization, cultural awareness, um, building a strong international student community. So I would say the, those were the three drivers for me. Yeah. Brilliant. So I mean, this this project really sort of fit in with your with your aims anyway. Then in that in that respect, absolutely. Yeah. Brilliant, uh, Severina. How about yourself? Yes, uh, I joined the University of Liverpool in October 2018 as a lecturer in marketing and also the study abroad champion. Um, prior to that, uh, I worked at Coventry University as a digital marketing uh, lecturer and I finished my PhD at University of Bath. And um, yeah, my uh, research interests um, lie within social media marketing, digital marketing relationships, and uh, hence I also got involved uh, in one of the coils, uh, the coil between Berlin and Liverpool, um, which focuses on digital aspects, and I was able to bring my research uh, into the coil, my expertise, and uh, also some industry experience as I worked as European channel marketing executive, product manager and consultant in social media. So I was able to bring both aspects in there, uh, which was very exciting for me uh, to share both. And um, yeah, last but not least, I also got uh, to be uh, from January 2022, the Global Opportunities Academic Lead for the Management School which again involved me to another level with internationalization and uh, with student mobility, which is very important for the school and uh, very exciting for me personally, because uh, I am an advocate of studying abroad. I studied abroad one year in uh, California and one year in Australia in Melbourne. So from a personal perspective, I also want to share that knowledge, that experience and drive internationalization forward in different areas within the school. Brilliant. I mean, from Coventry to to Melbourne, that's a that's an interesting journey. <laughs> yes, yes, you can you can call it an interesting journey indeed. <laughs> Thanks, Serena. And uh, Dane, what about yourself? Yeah, so I joined um, the University of Liverpool Management School in April 2021. So I'm probably the, the newest member uh, of the, of the uh, team here today. And I joined as the director of the University of Liverpool Management School MBA programmes, having spent the last four years uh, working in Manchester, developing executive education programmes and degree apprenticeship programmes. But my area of interest is around strategy. It's around an interest in how we create advantage, but how we can do that more responsibly. So as a director of, of MBAs uh, here at the University of Liverpool Management School, it's, it's an absolute pleasure to learn from and work with potential future leaders who are going to go into, into industry and create new jobs, create new employment. And one of my key interests um, for getting involved in this is that I wanted to make sure we can have um, our students working with people in different contexts, different parts of the world on issues that matter to us all, like sustainability, like responsible management. Thanks, Dane. So as you started in, you know, just last year, what was it that, that drew you to the University of Liverpool, can I ask? Oh, so that's a good question. I did my PhD at the University of Liverpool in ah, 2014. Right. So I've done a complete kind of 360, haven't I, done the M62. So started at Liverpool, went to Manchester, um, boomeranged back, really. But it was the opportunity, the opportunity to work with a school that's um, making really strong strides internationally, uh, in the research and teaching as well so that's what really drew me back and to really shape a program to shape a a, a portfolio of programs across the MBA MBAs being you know every management school wants a good MBA and this is something I wanted to sink my teeth into pedagogically and also in terms of research as well to make sure we get the best people teaching on the MBA and shaping it for the future as well yeah brilliant it sounds like a fantastic opportunity in that case then um John last but no means least 
Hi, Matt. Thanks for having us along. Um, so I actually completed my undergrad degree at Manchester Met, um, and I studied abroad like Sabrina did, actually, as part of my degree. And I went to the State University of New York at Cortland. And I also did an internship with the New York State Assembly as well, which is kind of where my internationalisation journey started. Um, and that really led to me then going back into supporting lecturers at MMU, uh, going back in and talking to students about studying abroad, about mobility. And that's kind of how I got started um, and ended up doing an internship as an international strategist and then becoming the international projects coordinator before moving to Wolms in August 2017 as the study abroad internationalisation officer, which is what I do now. Um, I suppose I take Terry's strategy um, and operationalise it. So looking at student mobility, both inbound and outbound, uh, looking at partnerships as well, and then obviously dealing with our COIL projects. Right, well, I'm glad you've mentioned COIL projects because I very quickly went over that the, the name for COIL earlier on and people have probably already forgotten what that is. So I'm going to ask a really obvious question. What is a COIL project? Well, COIL stands for Collaborative Online International Learning Project. In fact, it was John who uh, introduced me to the idea of COIL. So um, he's just said he works with Terry's strategy and but certainly we uh, were certainly influenced by ideas from from all colleagues and John John certainly brought that idea to the table and we've built it as an important part of the strategy there's a body of literature about coils um, and there's a lot quite a lot of writing about coils um, generally and in fact talking to some potential partners just last summer it emerged that there's quite a lot of practice internationally around coils so in that sense um, we, we've, we're not the creators of COILS, but um, what we are uh, here in the management school are the, the group that has used the idea of COILS to be an approach to education that we've developed with international partners that works online as opposed to through traditional mobility, um, which was clearly impeded by the pandemic. And we can talk about that in more detail um, if you wish. Um, so that students with very different geographical educational backgrounds have this opportunity to develop their competence, their awareness, their skills in cross-cultural matters, really. And and it's that it's that international appreciation. It's it's that that so so coil as a project really serves the whole ethos of internationalization and, and globe and being a global citizen, etc. I think a, a nice, easy way to kind of sum up COILS for us, certainly in the management school, is just that it's an opportunity for us to bring staff and students together uh, from different countries, cultures and academic backgrounds and kind of work towards that common goal. And um, we've used our projects to provide students with a platform to kind of learn more about themselves, learn about others and their cultures and the challenges facing business. Um, I think that's probably the most succinct way to put it. So I think with regards to COIL projects, they really do contribute to a stronger course, school and study exchange community. You know, if we look at our partners um, that we have um, collaborated on COIL projects with, students from our university, from the partners university, they've been able to work um, collaboratively with each other. They've been able to develop a whole plethora, you know, of skills, not least cultural awareness, time management, teamwork and communication, um, working with each other in different time zones, because that's really important when they go into the world of work. And, you know, lest we not forget, we are now living in a, a global village um, which bears no borders. And this is reflected in the COIL project in that um, the collaborations and the projects are conducted online so also from a sustainability perspective it's 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 a win-win situation but also from an edi and equality um, diversity and inclusion perspective um, there's also that as well fantastic these projects have obviously um, had a massive impact in terms of the student experience but also the impact for staff as well and you were awarded a university sir alistair pilkington award for teaching excellence 
for your development of these projects recently. And um, we all attended the staff awards and I have to say you got one of the loudest cheers across the whole award ceremony. So congratulations for that. Um, but do yeah, many congratulations for your awards. Um, as I say, that's recognition um, from the university in terms of the impact that the projects are having. So can you tell us, and you've started to allude to this a little bit, but can you tell us a bit about the motivation for why you chose to set up the projects in the first place? Sure. Um, I think it's important to put it in the context of the, the challenge we faced uh, as a school and an institution uh, with regard to student mobility in conditions of the pandemic. Um, we, we had a, a very healthy um, flow of, of outbound and, and inbound exchange students traditionally, but that was, that was clearly um, impeded by the pandemic. So what, um, I think what happened was that um, certainly prior to the pandemic, there was an interest in developing this online exchange opportunity. And I think John's work with um, Ahmed was and, and University of Georgia was was very important in terms of, um, of developing that that idea with, within the, within the team. Um, so we had this this um, we had this idea of an online exchange opportunity as something to add to our internationalisation strategy, by which we could potentially reach students for whom international mobility was problematic. Might be the you know the the, the students from uh, disadvantaged, underrepresented backgrounds, um, you know, black, Asian, minority ethnic backgrounds, widening participation backgrounds. So there was this interest in in coils generally, but the pandemic brought sharpened our focus in terms of the the importance of and the possibilities and potential of online student exchange. And in that sense, the, um, the the coil was a way to address a problem of actual mobility. Um, we also had, as part of our international, um, we, we do have as part of our international strategy, uh, what we call an internationalisation at home agenda. And the whole point of that is to ensure that the experience on the Liverpool campus is an international experience. So that students from the UK, and from overseas and integrated work together and that feels like an international experience so again coils gave us an opportunity um, to integrate students with the added involvement of partner organizations internationally so coils also fitted with the internationalization at home agenda so as covid19 stalled traditional modes of mobility we as a team, and I think um, that that's one of the things I, I keep emphasising here that that we are a team. We saw um, we saw coils as as having real potential to um, complement everything we wanted to achieve through our international strategy, in really um, using online and virtuality in really difficult conditions. And I think that's what we've achieved so far is is a reflection of that ambition coming to uh, fruition. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, like Terry says there, as a team, like, we like to try and develop new things. So like each year we do our own kind of marketing and operations plan of kind of the projects that we're going to run each year. And I think as a team, we would like to come up with those new initiatives uh, and projects that can infuse students about international mobility, about the global opportunities that we've got. And normally, obviously, pre-pandemic we're kept quite busy with our kind of other traditional modes so as the pandemic hit we it gave us a little bit of time to be a bit more creative and kind of put these coil projects that we kind of thought about and discussed briefly but it kind of gave us a bit more room to play with those and kind of develop those ideas a little bit more basically to try and keep our students um interested in internationalization um, and study abroad and we're hoping then that could potentially lead to future actual mobilities by keeping their interest. So, John, are you now moving back towards a, a, a traditional method, or are you are you all in on coils now? Is this is this the mode, or are you doing a bit? Of, are you going to be doing a bit of both? Um, I mean, we, we, we're very lucky in the management school. That, you know, we've got kind of strategic buy-in from from Terry as well there, and I think initially we saw coils as being 
not uh, kind of almost a substitute towards the traditional forms of mobility because of the pandemic. But I think, and we'll come on to this later when we talk about impact, but because of their impact, you know, we very much see it as something that we want to push forward with. You know, it's an opportunity yeah. to try and strike that balance between um, traditional forms of mobility, like the semester abroad, year abroad, year yeah. in China and the summer abroad programmes. And then this as well, this is very much seen as a, you know, an addition to that core set. And it's not an afterthought, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. It, it does. It makes a, a lot of sense. So let's just get into the detail a little bit of it then. So can you tell us a little bit about the model that you use for the coil projects? You know, what what happening under this under this surface there? <laughs> well, we don't want to go into too much detail and we'll give away all our trades. <laughs> but um, we've run four projects in total across three different partnerships, um, and we've used a slightly different model for each one, basically to try and experiment and see what works and kind of what opportunities are available for us. So uh, Ahmed and I and the team working on the UGA coil, we ran this over a 10-week period. Um, and Ahmed and my other academic colleagues that were involved created five business-related problems that we would then put into a project brief for students to work on. And it was very much kind of a more directed approach like we set out to students that we want these three outputs and they're deliverable by these times and the, like I said those projects that Ahmed and, my, and the other academic colleagues came up with very much kind of fit the cohort of who we were working with the students would then deliver those outputs and then the top five teams would go through into a, almost a competition style finale where they would present their they pitch their ideas to a panel of academic judges and industry experts and um, with one team eventually coming out on top as the, as the coil winners. Um, so that was very much the UGA coil. Um, in the second year, though, we found that, well, in, after that first year, we found that the projects were really flexible and we could do a lot more with them. Um, and obviously Terry's been working really hard over the last couple of years on a new partnership with the Indian Institute of Management at Indoor. Um, and so Dane and I then started to work on a new coil project with them. Um, and Dane, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit more about the approach we took with Indoor. Yeah, absolutely. So our coil with the Indian Institute for Management Indoor, you know, taking a similar approach to what happened at UGA, a lot of good learning uh, was taken from that first project. But we focused here, MBA level, we focused more on self-managed learning. So allowing the students to direct where they wanted to go. So the MBA students over a one week intensive period here um, would choose the depth, the level, the direction of everything they wanted to do in and around the coil. So they were asked to read around a particular subject area, you know, in a much shorter time frame. And the reason for that was, you know, trying to replicate some kind of crisis scenarios maybe that they might get in the real world and it goes back to kind of what you were saying about this blended approach of are we keeping some exchange of going abroad versus keeping this online the real world now is about that blend of both isn't it we will do some calls virtually we'll do some calls in person so we want to kind of replicate that mba you're going in at a senior level you direct you're given a problem you decide how you're going to di uh, dissect that problem and look at it so instead of creating business related problems though Again, linking back to my own interests um, and kind of some interesting research that Terry had brought forward in a module previously as well. We thought, let's do something a bit more responsible, sustainable. So we took the UN sustainability goals, 17 goals in total, self-directed learning, self-managed learning. That's 17 areas which can go in many different avenues in many different ways. And that for us enriched the process because we were learning just as much as they were learning as well. So we had a team working with, um, I think there was around was 14 groups in total I think it was quite quite a number of groups working with with IIM indoor and ourselves um, and they came up with some very interesting things across those UN sustainability goals whether it's from what research has been done what solutions are kind of emerging to tackle these particular particular problems or whether it's just their swing on what they think should happen in this particular area so a very interesting moment and a very interesting time to put something that affects us no matter where we are in the world you're going to have to look at these real wicked problems so we focused again on that that wickedness of a problem there's no 
silver bullet, if you like. It's about a systems thinking approach. So multiple skills, multiple behaviors, multiple parts of knowledge having to really come together to look at these these interesting issues. Uh, yeah, I really like that. I, I mean, I, I could I could imagine that, you know, maybe students in India would have a very different approach to solving some of the same same things that we're talking about in England and, and, and in different parts of the world as well. So, yeah, I can I can really see the benefit of of that type of collaboration. Yes. Um, I took part as a, as a tutor in, in that coil, working with some of the groups. And um, that was a great experience actually for me. And, um, and I actually just witnessed um, students uh, in, in, in Door and Liverpool genuinely coming together in, in quite, quite intense conditions, really. Time was quite tight. So they had to they had to find out um, how to work together effectively very quickly, but um, I remember one session where they were each reflecting on each other's backgrounds prior to their MBA programs and how they were using backgrounds in in finance engineering, for example, to address uh, some of the problems that Dane has mentioned. So um, it was. Um, so for me, that was um, a really good coil to be involved in because we cannot. It's it, talked about international strategy, uh, etc. But in the end, it has to translate into very meaningful experiences and dialogue uh, for students. And um, so there was plenty of evidence that that happened. And uh, I'm, I'm very pleased that uh, that we were looking to continue this coil and uh, with a very prestigious partner. For the for the uh, for the school and the institution. Thanks, Terry. Uh, Severina, you were involved in the Berlin Coil. Um, can you tell us what that was? Yes. Uh, so the Berlin Coil was slightly different compared to the other coils. Um, it was an intense one-week project, uh, like the indoor project. But instead of focusing on competition-based activities, uh, like the others. Um, this project consisted of different pedagogical styles um, and also uh, a competition-based activity. So on the one hand, uh, in the mornings, um, we had lectures being delivered by um, myself from Liverpool, but also lecturers from Berlin um, University. And uh, we also had a guest lecture from Cardiff University and very exciting keynote speaker uh, from industry, um, a CEO of multiple companies uh, who spoke about fast fashion and sustainability. Um, and the students really enjoyed that keynote speaker. And he said he never seen that many LinkedIn requests after the session, which was uh, Great to see um, the engagement between the students and uh, the speakers. In the afternoon, then, uh, we um, there were seminar sessions uh, where students were able to collaborate and engage with each other and work on a task. And in the afternoon session, um, the students were able to apply the knowledge that they gained in the morning sessions from the lectures in their afternoon activities. Um, the activities consisted of various different digital um, um, tasks, such as developing a website about the product or service that uh, they developed. They had to write a blog, a thought leadership blog, to showcase uh, the strengths uh, of uh, and key features of the product or service. And the results were absolutely outstanding. For me, um, all of the groups were winners, uh, but uh, we did have to choose one winner at the end, unfortunately. But I think all the presentations were absolutely outstanding. Uh, but just to summarize and to, to say why this uh, coil was so important for me personally uh, is because after the pandemic, we're not going to be going uh, to normal uh, working hours, nine till five, going to the office. Businesses are changing. Environments are changing. Zoom is here to stay. The pandemic has changed the dynamics of industry. And this coil provided students the ability to develop different digital skills, social media skills, webs, uh, website development skills that they will be needing later on, but also to communicate using digital tools 
which again, they need these skills when they graduate university and go into industry. So hence, um, this was uh, a very uh, close to my heart uh, coil where I was able to, to drive these skills and students to develop these skills. So were the um, students in their seminars, were they from Berlin and from Liverpool, were they mixed together or did you then separate them into the two um, distinct university settings? Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Great question. So they were mixed because uh, we didn't want uh, for them to to be feeling, okay, this is only Liverpool and this is only Germany. Uh, So we mixed them into different groups so that they could also explore different uh, nationalities, different cultures, see how students from different countries, different universities also are communicating uh, with each other. I think the great thing about the three different projects, three different styles of projects, is that all of the students have worked in inter-institutional teams. And so, and we'll, we'll come on to it in, in terms of impact and how that's fit into that. But the three methods have really kind of given us an opportunity for discussing how we can take coils forward in the school. You know, Severina's project shows the potential of how we can operate a coil on, uh, in, you know, with a more thematic, specific thematic focus. And our other projects kind of show how coils can be used as that, an extracurricular activity that supports the development of employability skills, which is obviously something really key for the students, for the students, but it's also a key, you know, performance indicator for the school and the university as well. And I think, like I said, those three different types of projects have given us options going forward. Yeah, absolutely. I love that flexibility that you've built in. It's really clear to me why you won such a prestigious award um, for these projects, Um, because it seems that there's really clear benefits for our students at the University of Liverpool, but also, as you were saying, Severina, for the students at the partnering institutions as well. Um, At the moment in the USA, Europe and India. So um, you've alluded to this a little bit, John, but can you tell us now about the impact of this approach for maybe student outcomes or the student experience? And what did the students themselves say about these projects? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think actually it would be useful if Terry can kind of set the scene for that impact because it's through that kind of strategic backing um, that we're able to deliver that impact. So I don't know if Terry... You'd want to mention something there? Yeah, sure. I, I think the Im- impact of, the impact of the coils is clearly uh, multidimensional, um, and and, it, and I, I, I'm a believer that the, the the most important impact is is upon the student. So colleagues uh, and, and John will talk about that shortly. But it's certainly um, both for the present and the future. Some of the significance of coils is is, is lies in the relationships with partners. And how these have been developed and and, and enriched really. We've um, we have we already had the partnership with the University of Georgia as a as a university. So I think that coil has enriched that partnership. The partnership with um, indoor uh, within India was happening and is happening on in and involves several lines of activity. But the coil has really enriched that partnership and provides a, a future way of continuing to work together. And similarly, the, the, the coil with Berlin, um, where it, that's a, a developing partnership. So I think impact for, for, for me um, has taken place at the partner level and is very important. I think it's taken place at the staff level. We often have an impression that um, sometimes inertia can take hold and, and systems are hard to change quickly and ideas are hard to implement quickly. When I think back on my career, and it's really thanks to colleagues on this call and partner colleagues, this is an example of colleagues reacting quickly. Really, to, to pull together three or four projects of this nature with international co- uh, colleagues and partners in a pandemic is an incredible achievement by my colleagues here. Um, and it showed flexibility, adaptability, creativity. These aren't buzzwords. They're 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 they're, they're real achievements, and um, and that's in many ways what I'm most proud of um, regarding uh, the coil. To see that colleagues were able to um, to create this change and create this momentum for the benefit of the students. 
And with that, it gives staff confidence. It, it gives staff a, a, an ownership of internationalization. It gives them a confidence to think I can work with partners. And that helps me get buy-in of staff to our international strategy because the international strategy is only as good as the staff who work with it. So that's another very, very significant impact. But on top of all of, of those two dimensions, there's the impact on the students. And I'll leave it to John and colleagues to talk about those impacts. I think the, the big impact, obviously, like Terry said, there has been on staff as well. I mean, the fact that we've been able to develop those partnerships and kind of work a lot closer with those partners as well and develop those relationships has been great. But like we've got the coils have also led to other things. So, for example, we've got a staff member who's now joined the International Advisory Board at one of our partners. And, you know, we've Severina and I are actually going to Berlin to visit so we can discuss the coil further. And also then we've got other opportunities to talk to students about inbound mobility to the university and the school as a whole and to the management school. So I think from a staff point of view, obviously the impact's been huge. And then from a student point of view, we've managed to work with 195 students, you know, 110 of which are from Ulms. Like that's quite a large student cohort to work with. And their feedback kind of suggests that they've enjoyed the range of topics, networking internally and externally. The amount of comments that we've got from our feedback saying, oh, I really enjoyed meeting people that even though I share the same course with, I wouldn't normally have met. It, it's it's quite interesting to see that kind of dynamic. And then also kind of expanding their critical evaluation skills as well. You look at impact and, you know, we've asked students to feedback on a range of different employability and um, employability skills. And across the vast majority of those metrics, most of our students have self-described a high rate of improvement. It's kind of like eight out of 10. So you look at those specific skills that we've asked them to evaluate at the start of a project. We ask them, you know, how do you think your confidence is, confidence communicating your ideas, you know, and it'll be, you know, we'll say a five or a six. And then you come to the end of the project, we ask them to reevaluate how they think they've improved. And they're all saying it's between eight and 10 on a scale. And you're looking at anything that, well, we know we're obviously doing something really good here. Um, but I just think it's that those employability skills are so key. You know, students have now got that experience of working multicultural teams, uh, getting digital skills just by working online and the outputs that we've asked them to provide, you know, like the videos that they've done, those presentation skills as well. And they've developed networking skills, both with our alumni and, and industry experts like David Connor from 2030 Hub in Liverpool, which are dedicated to the UN Sustainable Development Goals. The, we're providing them with the opportunity to develop skills and also network with key people. Um, and I think it's just, that's the impact for us. Yeah, absolutely. In uh, addition to um, that, we also were able um, to secure three tuition-free summer abroad places at uh, the University of Liverpool and also at the partners' institutions for their summer uh, programmes. Um, and the students who were able to take advantage of these uh, free spaces uh, were the top performing um, team um, that was determined at the end of the Berlin coil, for instance. Uh, we carried out a Dragon's Den uh, style presentation um, and we had a panel of members who then uh, discussed who the winning team is and the winning team was able uh, to take advantage um, or to go to a free summer uh, school in either of the institutions, which is a great prize, I think. It, it's a wonderful prize. How did that competitive element go down with the students? Um, they really enjoyed it, to be honest. Uh, and uh, I don't think they became too competitive, but a friendly competition, let's put it that yeah. way. Feedback at the end was uh, outstanding from all of the teams. Uh, even the winning team, they said, I really didn't think I would be winning because all of the, pro all of the results were outstanding. And uh, yeah, they, they have lots of great digital skills that uh, maybe they should meet, should teach me something about. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's something to add just to that. And I think Ammo 
can probably say, uh, sorry, Ahmed can say something on this as well. Across all of the coils, the standard of work has just been incredibly high. Like, and, and I know we're talking about university students and especially University of Liverpool students, but I was blown away by some of the things that these students are able to create. Um, I certainly didn't expect the outputs that we were going to be getting. So these executive summaries and the quality of the videos from a non-academic, I'm the only non-academic here, and I was blown away by it. I don't know if my academic colleagues were expecting it, but it certainly caught me off guard. So in terms of impact, even just on myself, like seeing their skills and, and get, being it, seeing how the students were able to present that to external people really made me quite happy. Ahmed, were you blown away? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Echo completely what John John has said. You know, the, the outcomes were phenomenal and our judges were duly impressed. Um, and also to add, um, with a number of our COIL projects, we've also had alumni members of the university um, who have come along to act as members of the judging panel. And obviously, you know, they, they've been at university, they, they are where the students are now, um, and they, they couldn't speak highly enough of the, um, the project outcomes as well. And speaking of the alumni community, I think the COIL projects and bringing in alumni and engaging with them, I think is also a really important part of um, maintaining relations. Yeah, I, I get that. That's not, I can absolutely see that. One of the things I really like about this is the is the employability skills as well that's come out of it. I think that's I think that's a really nice sort of added benefit. The being able to network internationally must be a, a huge skill, you know, a huge string to someone's bow when they when they're looking at you know potential employers going forward. But having said that, I guess there must be some challenges that were that you had when you were setting up these these coils. So one of the things that springs to mind immediately for me was time zones. You must have had issues with time zones. So what were some of the challenges that you had and, and how did you try and overcome them? Um, yeah, you're not wrong, Matt. I won't lie to you. Uh, so first of all, one of the biggest challenges is actually just trying to explain what a coil is to somebody who doesn't know, so whether that's a partner or a student uh, or, like like Ahmed said there, our alumni and our guest judges, trying to explain that concept. Because it's kind of so flexible, it's so vast in what you can achieve with it, sometimes it can be quite difficult to pin down to somebody what it actually is. So you almost have to kind of have to develop an idea first and then present the idea and be like, this is what it is, you know, to kind of paint that picture. Um, so that in itself is the kind of the first challenge to help someone understand what that was. And we were quite lucky, Ahmed and I, with our project with the University of Georgia, because both sides knew what a coil project was. So kind of the next part of that, like I said, is the fun part, my favourite bit. It's actually developing the projects. And then you can kind of, if you go into it with an idea of what you want to see, which is tend to what I want, which is tend to tends to happen with me, is that I have an idea of what I want to see, and then I allow my academic colleagues to kind of season that with uh, the flavour of what the projects are going to look like. Um, but that's one of the biggest challenges. Uh, and like you say, the next challenge then is timing. It's not even just a case of struggling. So, for example, our colleagues at uh, the Indian Institute of Management in Indore. They're on a trimester um, kind of structure, whereas we're on a you know, two-semester kind of option. But even within the two-semester options, it's still quite difficult because academic calendars are different. You know, you know, at the moment, we're looking at when spring break falls in the USA and when Easter falls here um, and just when semesters start. So that's one of the biggest challenges, I think, the way you overcome that is by both sides having the will to work on it, kind of make little sacrifices here in order to keep that going. And again, that comes back to Terry's point about building those relationships, because if you don't have those relationships or you've not worked on that relationship, it's quite easy to let these challenges and these barriers get in the way of creating the projects. 
Yeah, absolutely. Another challenge um, is obviously knowing uh, which platform is best for which coil and what is available. Uh, for example, John used Teams for its uh, easier, um, as it was easier to use uh, and the functionality was known. But we faced a lot of uh, difficulties uh, with access for guests uh, from other institutions. Uh, for my Berlin coil, um, I also faced uh, technological difficulties. Um, I used a new platform, platform that was not known to me, um, and I faced various challenges. Um, the platform was called Swapcard, and um, the challenge was uh, it took me significant amount of time to get my head around um, of the functionalities. How can I use it? Uh, how can I develop a week-long uh, coil with a very detailed agenda, files attached to each session, participants uh, assigned to each session, etc. So learning how to use this tool took me uh, quite some time. However, that being said, at the end, looking back and reflecting, uh, the platform was uh, very useful and I really enjoyed uh, the end product of it because uh, students were able to create a profile for themselves. Uh, they were able to link as many social media accounts as they wanted to the platform. And with that uh, functionalities, um, they were able to engage with each other prior to uh, the coil started, but also during and after. And that gave them also access to get in touch, connect with all of the guest speakers, keynote speaker, guest lecturers uh, from all uh, the different institutions. So there was a high level of engagement um, using different digital tools other than um, Zoom as we know it. Um, so it was very challenging in terms of time and getting your head around it, but at the end, it was very rewarding um, for the students, for the guest speakers, and also for myself at the end. Just to follow up briefly on Severina's point. So for the Berlin coil, for example, um, and it, we come back to um, Terry's mentioned earlier on about, you know, colleagues working collaboratively with each other. From an operational perspective, as a director of studies for BA Marketing, um, Severino and I both worked really hard to try and make sure that the Berlin coil didn't clash with any teaching activities, any examinations. So that meant sending you know requests to our examinations team and also from from berlin side as well to try and make sure that you know the students just had the berlin coil to take part in because that's an issue that we've found on particularly the, the uga project is that although the pro our coil projects are voluntary students you know they choose to sign up for the projects um we have witnessed in a small minority of students some issues with student engagement, which have led to them dropping out of the project. And there are a whole variety of reasons for this. You know, we, it's well documented that the pandemic has had a profound impact on issues such as mental health and well-being. And so for some students, um, suspending their participation meant less pressure and essentially one less thing for them to worry about. Now, coupled with that, um, we also have lots of different activities which are run by the school um, and also employability initiatives. So from a student perspective, it's weighing up, well, which one do I go to? What do I participate in? Which one do I, which one do I attend? And if there's, you know, if there's too much going on, it's a nice problem to have, yes, but also I think it relies on, and this is one of the key learnings that we've found from all the projects, is trying to um, ensure that the coil is, in, you know, in line with the program design, where, where modules are being run, to ensure that there are no clashes, timetabling them where possible. Um, and that will potentially lead to less students um, perhaps having to suspend their participation. Um, 
so yeah it's it's a nice problem to have and i think it's something that um we are certainly taking into account going forward can i just come in and uh and, and a, on an additional challenge which is one we one we face now um and this conversation has reminded me of a conversation we had certainly some of us as team members maybe as all I remember saying that um, probably this time last year, in 12 months' time, if things have gone well, we would have had several coil projects. And it's very nice to sit here and think, well, actually, that that's happened. But it's a challenge now in terms of both continuity, because we want to keep these particular coil projects going with, with these partners. But there's a problem of um, or a challenge of um, change in development because there are issues now about extending coils and building them more and more into our programs. Because what you've heard is, is a, a project which actually works at undergraduate level, it works at master's level. So in that sense, it's, um, there aren't too many limits on the potential to include coils uh, within our education offering. But of course, choices have to be made about scale, scope, um, do you bring in new partners? So these, um, in some ways, it's um, if we sit here a, a year later thinking, coping with, to some extent, success, and thinking, how do we take it forward in a way that doesn't, which is, which is manageable? Because we could run many more coils, but we have to, act and make some choices uh, as to how we go forward. So that's a challenge we face at the moment, and we haven't got ready-made answers to, to that challenge. But a little bit like um, Ahmed just said regarding the students, it's, it's a good challenge to face. I really like the way um, that the way you've described this, these projects really um, shows the working together of our professional services colleagues from the study abroad and internationalization team and academics all so clearly working together on these projects it seems that this approach could easily transfer to other disciplines so could you tell us about any plans that you have to share your practice sure i think the um the awards um have been very helpful in accelerating those plans actually um again that's a, that's another nice surprise um we always wanted to diffuse and share the ideas of coils throughout the faculty and the institution more widely because it's very transferable um but the award has, has given some attention and impetus uh to our ability to do that so in that sense we um it's challenged us being nominated challenged us to put down our ideas communicate them and communicate the potential to diffuse the idea, uh, the ideas and the learning for the benefit of others. So that's what that's what we're doing actually, and um, we've certainly made ourselves available as individuals and as a team for 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 people around the faculty and the institution. And um, and I know John's probably got some particular examples to talk about that of people who have who are, who are coming to see us and talk to us about the coils. So um, very much very much um, in our plans to share the practice. Yeah, I think what's been great is that obviously the, the awards have kind of set us up and kind of given people an outlet to come and find us for more information. So like we've been supporting colleagues internally to the University of Liverpool. So people uh, in the politics department, you know, we're kind of um, consulting on their project that they're looking to set up you know, giving our insight to colleagues in the School of Law as well and social justice, giving them our insight into the projects and kind of the, I wish I'd known that before I started this, um, which is kind of the best, nice to do um, internally as well to support them. Um, John, colleagues and I, we presented a paper recently at the Academy of Marketing Conference around the benefits of study exchanges and building a strong course community. Um, colleagues and I also have plans to publish um, in leading pedagogical journals, such as the Academy of Management Learning and Studies in Higher Education. So um, I guess we'd like to say watch this space. 
Well, thanks for your time, everybody. It's been really great to listen to to the development of coils. Um, this podcast is the Developing Practice podcast, and we like to finish the podcast in, in the same way in each episode where we get our guests to give us three or four take-home tips that the listeners could reflect on in terms of their own personal practice. So if you could give us a few things to uh, to reflect on, what would they be? Sure. Um, the coils um, for us are an innovation. And in that sense, the um, it's a, it is a cliche, but um, need is the mother of innovation. And the pandemic conditions did um, cause us to uh, look at what we were able to do. And we found coils to be a very good mechanism to deal with the need to provide something in the absence of actual mobility. And we did have an idea to work with there. So definitely um, that was uh, a learning. But good ideas need a receptive context. And I think John and, and Ahmed's work with Georgia found a receptive context in the conditions of the pandemic, but also the school. We, the, the school, I'm talking about colleagues. I, I was taking this idea of the coil to the management team uh, and getting support for it. So all the, the management school has been a very receptive context for coils to run, and we are committed uh, to, to developing them. Um, so that's that's very important. Without a receptive context, good ideas can, can often just um, uh, founder. Um, uh, but now, um, and I suppose the other thing is be prepared to, to try and experiment. Again, that's another key part of innovation. Um, and uh, it's a phrase I heard a lot during the COVID uh, pandemic, but don't let perfection be the enemy of the good. Um, and it's easy to say, well, we can't do this. It's not perfect. It's not this or that or the other. Um, colleagues didn't, colleagues didn't have that, um, that impediment in their minds. It was, um, it was a case of let's try it. Let's experiment. And we had willing partners. So, um, that attitude was very important. Absolutely. Thanks, Terry. And, um, at the, faculty learning and teaching awards um we randomly scribble down on a piece of paper this new phrase um and it sounds really bizarre but it's uh, it's called chill and you, you might be thinking that that's a call for relaxation but it's um it stands for collaborative hybrid international learning and the whole idea is that we engage students in a study um a study exchange initiative with one of our partner institutions so the students would partake in some experiential learning activities be it with um, employers be it with guest speakers but also at the same time whilst working in groups for example or in collaboration with employers or guest speakers where they might assign them a project brief, they would use online platforms to be able to work together with each other as a team. So it's covering really the best of both worlds, but also a number of hallmark skills such as digital literacy, uh, teamwork, communication, cultural awareness, and, and many of the hallmark skills that are covered throughout our COIL projects so far. Um, so it's very much an embryonic idea at this stage, um, but it's one that we've had initial discussions about. Yeah, um, and I'd, I'd agree with Amra there. And I think my biggest thing that should be the take home for anyone is that if you're thinking about doing one of these coil projects, is have a clear idea uh, of what you want to be, of what you want to achieve, and just be prepared. Think through your plans. Find all the holes that are potentially in your project and make them into a bigger issue than they really are. Um, and that'll go a long way to helping you fix them uh, before presenting your idea. And then my final thing is just have a committed team or group of people that you want to work with, consisting of academic and professional services staff, the relevant expertise. Like Find people that you trust and who trust you um, and that you can effectively communicate with. Um, the open and honesty in the communication between all of us on our different projects is the key things to success. Um, and that goes to our partners as well. You know, we've been very fortunate 
with our who our partners are and the people that make up those teams like we've developed these great relationships and we are just really open and honest with each other and if there's an issue we meet it head on and that's what you need for success in my idea well it's been great to have you on the podcast it's really been really interesting to listen to all all the work that you've been doing over the last you know couple of years during the pandemic and what's been happening with the coil so thank you all for spending some time with me today it's a pleasure thanks for having us Matt. thank you Thank you. Thank you. Well, I thought that was a fascinating insight into COIL projects. And, you know, we got to hear what a COIL was and and the success that the team have had. John mentioned how COILs are a great opportunity to bring staff and students together from different countries, cultures and academic backgrounds to work towards a common goal, providing students with a platform to learn more about their area of study from an international perspective. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I really like the way that it brings those different people together um, on these projects. It seems that the COILs really do support one of our key graduate attributes that we're seeking to develop here at the university in terms of global citizenship, as well as contributing to the student experience in a range of other ways, as students get to engage with key partners internationally to further their understanding. Well, I hope there's lots there for our listeners to think about. And if you'd like to take your thinking further, we've added some resources to the website on a specific podcast reading list, which you can access at liverpool.ac.uk forward slash the hyphen academy forward slash podcast. Also, we'd love to hear what you thought about the episode. So please do tweet us at LiveUniAcademy and you can find us at eLearnerMatt or at Alexandra underscore Owen on Twitter. And we're really grateful for those who have taken the time to either rate or review our show in your podcast providers app. So if you haven't done so already, please do take the time to review our show or even better, simply share the episode with friends and colleagues on social media. Bye for now. Bye for now.